Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as this team has over the last, like, five years and just don't hold yourself accountable i'm sorry i'll hang up and listen i'm sorry welcome to two goalies one mic an in-depth look and behind the mask conversation about the greatest game on earth where everything goes and nothing's off limits now i'll tell you something about this guy this is only three minutes eh whammo Welcome, everybody, to episode 106 of Two Goalies, One Mike. I am, of course, Dwayne Steinel, joined by Ryan Jury from the Instigators podcast, uh, again, without Cully. Um, he's out somewhere on the ice teaching the goalies of tomorrow, as he would uh, he would say it. But, uh, again, uh, glad to be joined by Ryan. It's been a minute since we've talked. And a big day in hockey, a lot of announcements, some extensions, some retirements, um, just a lot to talk about and go over here uh, on this fine Tuesday evening. Uh, Ryan, um, you know, how have you been? Uh, how's the Instigators podcast going? And, uh, you know, what did you think of all the news that we uh, that we heard today? I've been good, man. You know, summer's basically over here in Canada and uh, we're excited for hockey to start. Got our first broadcast in uh, last Friday on the radio station, so that was good. Guelph Storm starting up soon, so I'm excited to get back into the uh, the OHL swing of things. Instigating's been going well, you know. We uh, funnily enough, it's funny I'm on here because last week on our show we had the uh, the program director for WGR 550 Buffalo Sports Talk on Alan Davis. Had a really interesting conversation with him about uh, just the sports radio landscape, the differences right now between America and Canada in that medium and and some of his thoughts. Of course, Alan would be very familiar, not only to people in Buffalo, of course, but um, but up here. He was the original program director of the Fan 590 when it launched 30 years ago. So we, we had him on to chat about the 30 year anniversary. So that was that was a good time. Um, yeah, as far as today goes, um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of major announcements, three star defensemen, uh, all at the same time, basically calling it a career, uh, in Zidane Ochara, PK Subban, and of course, Keith Yandel, the Ironman, 
And yeah, it's uh, you know, it's a sad day for, for the league. I think I, I'm sure a lot of fans are probably excited to see Zdeno Chara not on the ice anymore, but boy, three incredibly talented, very different defensemen Talk about all different. calling it quits. Yeah, it's uh, it was quite a day. And then you mesh that in with Nate McKinnon becoming the highest paid player in the league. It was uh, it was a pretty electric day in terms of NHL news, which has been pretty quiet as we head into training camps. Yeah, and you know, you couldn't have said it better. Just different styles of play and just different identities of defensemen. So knowing you char six was he six foot eight or six foot nine? Six nine. Yeah. Six nine, yeah. Six foot nine, a guy who just towered over everybody, intimidated you just by his size alone. He didn't have to be a guy who was gonna, you know, you know, you know, throw the body. You were as intimidated when you're skating up one on one with him. You just you know, the, the wingspan alone, man, it, it was just, you know, it, it was, I, I don't know how to word it. Just like his wingspan alone just made him just, you help me out here, right? What, 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 what are the words I'm looking for here? Like, I just. Well, like he was an albatross, really. Yeah, like, there you he, go. yeah. He, he was a complete freak of nature and it would be one thing too right like you know you see it in the nba sometimes where you've got the big tall rangy centers but having size is great but if he wasn't as smart and as dominant a player in terms of reading the play and actually taking pucks away from people it wouldn't be as revered of a thing. Like, yeah, it's great that you're an insane once in a lifetime, literally once in a league specimen. There's never been anybody with his type of size, but then to also couple it with the fact that he was not just a big clunky bruiser of a guy. I mean, like you said, like early in his career, he certainly, he, he certainly was a late bloomer in terms of that elite Chara that we saw in Boston. It started to blossom in Ottawa, which, of course, earned him big dollars at the time uh, when he first came to Boston, 14 great years there. But he was a guy earlier in his career where, yeah, he would try and lay people out, you know, use his size in the most bruising way possible. But then he got to a point where he became such a smart hockey player like it, it it was it was enough to just be that big especially in the area he came in and you know 98 i believe his rookie year and for him to come in and have that size was already such an advantage but then to turn into a, a student of the game which he was not and i don't think anybody would have said he was those first few years of his career it was just i'm really big try and get around me then he became an elite reader of the game and you know yeah. i i absolutely he he was the greatest gap control guy maybe yeah. of all time and simply because of that reach right like i'm struggling to think of a time in recent years even in his time in boston where he outright would level somebody he rarely ever landed on like the nhl biggest hits highlights he did not have to lay to, yeah. people out he he would just steer you off into the boards and put you in a bear trap and you couldn't get away from him. And if you wanted to try and beat him with speed, he just waved that giant club of a stick around and knocked the puck away from you. And God forbid you tried to go into the corner and dig with him. You would never win that battle. So it, that's the biggest thing I can say about him. You know, no pun intended. The biggest. He 
he was a physical freak, but he put the work in to become so much more than that. And, and that is something that I think is really commendable about his career. Um, it's shocking to me that he didn't win more Norris trophies. He probably should have won two, if not maybe three. Um, but to lead the Bruins to a cup, win one of those Norris trophies, and overall just become one of the most physically, if not the most physically dominant player in league history. What else can you say? Big Z. I enjoyed having him in Washington for a year. He's a legend, and, and there's nothing else that needs to be said. He's going to waltz into the Hall of Fame. He might need to duck to get through the door, but yeah. he's going to walk into the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer every single day of the week. You know what? And um, you you said you were you you don't know how excuse me he didn't win more more Norris trophies. I'm thinking how uh, how much like near the tail end of his career when he was really starting to was he playing during like the Lindstrom era? Did it was there overlap there? Yeah. So I mean, well, that's, a, that's the reason why for sure. Yeah. Well, Lindstrom became just. Well, they called him Mr. Perfect for a reason. Lidstrom yeah. definitely took some Norris's from him, particularly late in his career. Like Lidstrom, I believe off the top of my head, is the oldest Norris trophy winner ever. I believe he won it at 38 or 39 years old, his second or third last year before he retired. He was unbelievable. Very different approach, though. I mean, just a yeah, completely he, different approach. I mean, this this guy in the last, say, five years of his career, Lindstrom, one, two, three, four, five, he was still averaging 40 points a season. You know what I mean? And at that and age. He could have like, averaged more. Yeah, 100%. If he wanted to. And uh, the guy was just, actually, no, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I actually, no. I'm sorry. I was looking at his assists. I'm sorry. Um, he was averaging in the final five years of his career around 50, 50 or more points. If you were, if you were to average it, uh, his final year in 30 and 70 games, 34 points, the season previous to that 62 previous to that 49 previous to that 59 previous to that 70. It's just like the guy like that. There's the reason why, you know, early on, at least, you know, you know, Zanona wasn't taking home any Nor Norris trophies because it was hard to take a guy like Nick Lindstrom off that mantle. Yeah, I mean, w when you're talking about awards in most cases, like there, there's so many good players at every position in any league that, you know, it's it's hard to go, oh, well, he should have won this year instead of this guy. and whatever. But, you know, I, I do feel that it's the Norris, it seems like more than any other trophy, really. You could put the heart in there too. It seems to be like a, a seasonal award in that it's kind of, it kind of seems to go to the guy that's the flavor du jour of the year. Like media members will attach to one guy and the way he plays and go, look at this. Just look at how unbelievable this is. And everybody kind of, to a large degree gets sucked up into that hype train where one year you could, you could literally go look how smooth Nick Lidstrom's doing everything. Nick Lidstrom. Yep. I don't think like ever laid a body check his entire career. Oh, and, but just so smooth. He didn't need to, he was a robot. It was just like, Oh, you're going to try and chip the puck past me, knocked it down, sent it down the ice. Datsuk's on a breakaway scores. Yep. Like it was just like Nick Lidstrom was playing chess while everybody else was playing checkers. That old adage, right? Where Zidane Ochara was playing bumper cars 
and he yeah. was the biggest bumper car on the ice. But that's not to say that he wasn't a smart defenseman like we just talked about, but that's what I mean. It's like one year, oh, look how smooth Nick Lidstrom is as an operator back there. Never panics. Look at all the assists. And then the next year you could go, look how look how good Zidane Char is with how big he is. Look how efficiently he moves around the ice and just bodies people off the puck like they're flies. And then, you know, you throw Duncan Keith in there numerous times who had unbelievable years. Similar, similar to Lidstrom. Look how smooth this guy is. Hedman, similar in the Chara vein. Look how big this guy is and he commands the ice. Oh, and he can score really well too. Like, and that's something we didn't talk about either. Like Chara's slap shot is the most fearsome act in all of pro sports, maybe like getting in front of a Zdeno Chara slap shot was like, you were taking your life into your hands. He cracked someone's helmet one year. I can't remember who that was. I want to say maybe it was Dan Hamhuse back in Nashville. I, I, I don't know why. I don't, maybe I don't that. Know. I, I, um, I remember him hitting a Sabres player in the uh, helmet. Um, let me look this up while you while you while you think. Did he hit Mike Greer in the back of the head one year? No, with it was shot? a defenseman. Um, one it wasn't Sakara, was it? I, no, I don't. No, it think was. So. Uh, I want to say it was like Nathan Page, something like that. Like, a, yeah, maybe eh? and that would have been pretty early in Char's career. But I, I know that, like you know, a, a few times guys would block his shot and you were scared for them. Like the second the guy went down in obvious pain from any shot. Um, when it was Chara, you were a little more concerned. Like him winding up for a slap shot was probably for a period of 15 odd years. The scariest thing to stare down in the sports world next to what? I don't know. Ray Lewis coming over the top to sack a quarterback. But even then, like Ray Lewis isn't coming at you at 111 miles an hour. No. Still scary, but like, you know, you got this chunk of vulcanized rubber getting launched like a missile. Um, he was a scary dude and just so well-rounded. It's it's incredible that he put the dedication in to become so much more than just, hey, look at that big guy, you know? Um, there's been lots of big guys in, in the NHL. None bigger than him. And I don't think, I don't, I actually wonder maybe if it would be a sound argument to make that no one became more improved over their career to turn into what they became mm -hmm. than Zidane Chara. Because when he first showed up on the scene, it was just like, look at this giraffe of a guy. And he's ragdolling people in fights. And of course, you know, immediately you bring that at the Brian McCabe you know yep. clip it's it's infamous he he threw brian mccabe around like he was wringing out a dish towel it was just like what are you doing over here i'm doing laundry he folded him up like a chair it was unbelievable and and like in that watch that fight it's not even a fight it's literally a wrestling match where one guy is is involved chara I, i'm i've watched that clip hundreds of times i don't even think chara throws a punch Probably. That entire clip. He literally grabs McCabe, who's doing this. Oh, muscles you. And he's, he's just like, what are you doing, little person? Like, get get out of here. Like, it, it was hilarious, you know? Um, and for him to just become what he became outside of being this big, scary guy to becoming 
literally one of the best defensemen of all time. Like he he is. Um and he carved out his own path and you know like his dad was a professional wrestler. He trained with him every off season would just run up mountains in Slovakia with like weighted backpacks on. It's like ridiculous the commitment this guy had to play that long and and be as effective as he was into his 40s. I think that says everything right there. For him to want to have that level of compete because it had to have been like pretty difficult for a guy of his size to maintain a level of conditioning where he could still be an effective player, especially as he got older. And for him to have that and continue to put himself through that kind of grind yeah. all the way into his forties. I mean, what else can you say? I don't know that, that there's really anything else that needs to be said about the guy. He's a legend. Yeah. I, uh, when I, when I used to think about like, I'm, I'm I can't find it. Um, I know somebody on the Sabres had their helmet dented by Chara. And I remember because I think he went and asked Chara to sign the helmet after. Like the helmet had just a giant dent in it. That'd be a keepsake. Yeah, 100%. I can't, just can't remember the player's name. Uh, you know, maybe somebody in the comments when we air this, you know, will we'll, we'll, uh, be, be able to refresh our memory. But um, I'm almost positive it was a Chara slap shot. Uh, dented in uh, a Sabres defenseman's helmet. But uh, one sh- one player that came to mind that was real scary was when it happened to Philip Deneau. Uh, oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, that was – and I remember even Char was rattled after that happened. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like he – there were probably a couple times where he caught somebody and, and was, you know, a little afraid. And I, yeah, Deneau would be like probably the most recent example where it was like, oh, boy, is, is this finally the one where – someone really got hurt and and he did get pretty hurt and like thank god he was okay and like yeah it says a lot about char too like he reached out to him and everything and well yeah man. patched I mean, that up and human you know like, yeah of, of course you know and he i know he he did a lot of great stuff back home in terms of youth hockey schools and donating back and just an all-around solid guy and you know bigger than being the legendary player he was he seems like a legendary person and uh yeah signed that one day you know contract to essentially retire as a Bruin and and of course he's an all-time Bruin great I mean you put him right up there with um with the oars the Brad Parks when you're talking about D you know Espo all those great Bruins Jerry Cheevers like over the years he is right up there if not potentially in the top three in terms of all time, great Bruins, like you can argue through the years. If it's so many great players over the years, Milt Schmidt, like we're, you know, we're going way back now, but you know, I'd be interested to see where like longtime Boston sports fans would, would rate him in terms of all time Bruins. Certainly like he's got to be top five. You, you would think, he'd be top five, but like that's the level of player we're talking about. That's no longer in the NHL. Like he carved out that significant of a career in an all time great NHL city. And yeah, what else can you say? He said, and you know, he was so great for the city too. how much he gave back. There are so many stories, the different charity work that he did with the city of Boston, just like, you know, it's hard to say anything negative about Zidonia Chara outside of, maybe making fun of his size. I know a lot of, a lot of fans that he's here in Buffalo would call him Chewbacca and stuff like that, which I mean, for me, I mean, that's not really an insult. Like Chewbacca is awesome. So like, I just, hell yeah. 
you know, for me, it was, you know, how can you, it's like almost like Patrice Bergeron. Like, how can you possibly say anything negative about that guy? There's nothing you could say negatively about him. Like he was such a good, a good ambassador for the game. uh, Ambassador for Slovakia and hockey in Slovakia. He was Slovakian, correct? Yep. 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 He was a great, he was a great ambassador for Slovakia and hockey. Um, you know, not, and like not a lot of NHL players, there are a ton that come out of Slovakia. Like you think probably two of the more polarizing ones to my memory are probably guys like him and maybe Miro Shatan. Um, yeah. Who else? Hosa. Hosa. Yep. Yeah. Marion Hosa. Um, there aren't a ton. There really aren't. I mean, I know Slovakia had a very, very good draft this year. Uh, if I do recall, um, Number they one, sure and did. Number two, both from Slovakia, correct? Yeah, you're you're Isovkovsky and uh, Phil Nemich. Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Uh, they, had a, uh, they had a great, great, great. Uh, uh, I'm getting. I put it on Twitter. I asked them, uh, wasn't it Pominville? I'm not sure if it was Jason Pominville, but I'm sure. I just put it out on Twitter. Hopefully, somebody can get an answer for yeah, that. Yeah, I. I feel like if it was Pominville, we'd remember because like Pominville yeah. was like a it star. It was like player. a random. It was like I want to say it was like a random, like just defenseman who was here for like yeah know, a seven. He was like a seventh defenseman. He wasn't like anything. It wasn't yeah. Anything. I don't think it was like you know your Henrik Tallinders or anybody like no, that. No, I, I, no. I think it was yeah someone probably on a penalty kill that took their life into their own hands i remember him going on the block the shot and seeing it and then turning his head away from it um yeah i mean i remember just seeing the helmet the dent in the helmet i can't understand why i can't find it on google or maybe it was somebody else just with the fucking with a cannon i don't i don't know oh uh just for not your country oh from craig craig morgan uh here that the coyotes have signed RFA center Barrett Hayton to a two-year contract with an average of 1.75 million. Hayton will be in camp and available at medium day. Another thing too, um, what's their faces that uh, traded um, the defenseman um, that trade that went down? Was it yesterday? Nick, uh, which which one? It was Nick. Uh, it was with Dallas, wasn't it? There was a trade. If there was, I missed it. Um, it wasn't a big one, but um, come on, Nick. Uh, wow, we are so, we sound so professional right now. Hold on, I'm gonna find it. Uh, but regardless, I am. Uh, I'm searching Nick. God, what was it? Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, they yeah Dallas got Niels Lundqvist from Niels Lundqvist. Yeah, it wasn't Nick. It was Niels. Sorry for a conditional first round pick. Yes, yes. Interesting. Um. So yeah, you know, had that happen, a little a little bit of action in the NHL. There was also uh, the Oilers signed defenseman Jason Demers and Ford. There's another thing, Jake Vertanen finding himself on a, a tryout agreement, a PTO. Don't know how much I agree with that. Um. I know I, I know some mm. friends in Vancouver when it was rumored he was in a you know that he might be back uh with the Canucks completely against it, you know, just not a great human being. And he didn't really have play that well in the KHL, where if you a guy that you would expect to have his talent with that much more open ice would would be able to perform. And he didn't. I think he was less than a half a point per game player, if that. So 
It wasn't anything special. So I'm surprised to see the Oilers really take a chance on him. Well, I am and am not surprised because you know, they took a chance on Evander Kane. So, um, but yeah, I mean, somewhat different circumstances. Like, I don't think that, you know, Evander Kane is anybody's, you know, particular favorite human being in the NHL. And no. he has, you know, gotten himself into a lot of trouble and somewhat taken responsibility at times in interviews for it. In the very least, his quite evident gambling addiction, which is, you know, clearly to whatever varying degree that we're not all familiar with affected many other avenues of his life. And, you know, that's neither here nor there for all of us to know at this point. It's, it's, it really became an unfortunate game of he said, she said between him and his, and his ex-wife, um, which is unfortunate because there's kids involved. Vertanen, bit of a different situation in that he was accused of such a heinous crime. And yeah. again, look, like, here, here's what I'll say for both sides because there's there's two hard lines that are drawn whenever something like this comes up, uh, mm -hmm. particularly with a famous person or an athlete or whatever. There's the people that will go, um, he he should be written off and never have an opportunity again. And then there's the people that go, you know, he wasn't proven guilty. How can you say that? Like blah blah. blah. Where's the line? Well. You know, here's the thing. I'm not a law expert and I don't want to be, but, you know, yeah. I, I, having talked. I don't want to swim with those sharks. Sorry. No, I, I no, And it's not my area of expertise. I yeah. do not know anything about court proceedings regarding speeding tickets, let alone something as serious as sexual assault. There is a great person on Twitter who's on a great show I listen to up here out of Vancouver called The Broadscast. They're one of the best yep, shows like out there. The broadcast is great. Sam Chang is a lawyer and uh, has a lot of expertise on law. We had her on instigating a, a while ago to cover the Hockey Canada scandal. Um, here's the thing is that my basic understanding is it doesn't matter so much that in a court of law, which is a very closed off different set of tools and circumstances it doesn't so much matter that you're not proven guilty of something you're accused of because the incumbent party is the accuser. You have to prove within the court's rules, by the way, which do not always really reflect society. You, It's incumbent upon you to prove without a reasonable doubt to a jury of your peers. That's a key element here, too. You have to convince 12 people that you don't know that this occurred, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of sexual assault myths out there. Oh, she was, she did it for money. Like re really? Like you, th like the logic there is broken for me immediately because like what you're, you, you want to accuse somebody of sexual assault and get money out of it. You're coming after Jake Vertanen. A guy who was on a a guy who was on an entry level contract and was barely struggling to even be an NHLer, which by the way he is not. No, nope. I There's a, a. I'm not a hockey expert. I'm a I'm a diehard fan and observer of the sport. I feel like I can say from my somewhat chair of expertise here that Jake Vertanen, I'm confident is not an NHL caliber player. Now not. that's neither here nor there. What I'm not 
is a law expert. And, and it doesn't matter at the end of the day whether you say, oh, people deserve second chances. How come these people that get themselves involved in these situations, how come their second chance always has to be at the highest possible you know, level of earning power or prestige? What he ha- His second chance at life has to be and mean that he gets to be in the NHL and potentially earn millions of dollars, which, by the way, again, I don't think he will because he's not a good player. And by all accounts that I've heard from people within the sport and within the NHL, by the way, he is not a guy that's committed to being in not good shape. He co- he's a bad teammate and constantly showed up for training camp out of shape. Yep. So even if you wanted to get into a societal argument about all these dumb buzzword terms that I'm so fed up with cancel culture, uh, you know, falsely accusing people of sexual, like whatever dumb societal argument you want to have, which I don't, but I'll engage in it with you because we're talking about Jake Vertanen. It doesn't really matter because at the end of the day, he's not a good hockey player. He's not a good person. And if you want to staunchly stand there and defend him, like he's your younger brother for some reason, and and say, well, he was he was proven it's, not guilty. Yeah, it, it's like o. it's like this. Simpson was proven not guilty. OJ Simpson killed got, his wife. I got a comment. I got a comment on that one too. The, well, the, the, like, the dude, if if you can watch all of the things that are available, which are a lot about OJ Simpson and that whole thing, if you can legitimately sit there and tell me afterward that you think OJ wasn't guilty. Now, I know we're taking a broad leap here, but just as an example, mm-hmm. but everybody was like, this guy's guilty for sure. Yep. You know, and, so and, just and, sit there and go, oh, well, he wasn't proven guilty in front of a panel of 12 people. It's, it's a hard crime yeah. to prove. Well, that and it's OJ wasn't put on trial. The system was that that that's the reason why OJ got off because OJ himself wasn't. Put yes. On trial. The system itself was put on trial, and that's why he was found not guilty. Uh, anybody with half a brain and watch the trial, my dad still has that entire trial on VHS. He has it on taped VHS. You see those so many machines. people recorded it, man. Oh yeah, man. He still has the whole thing, and um, amongst many of other things, he used to tape on the VCR. But the OJ I, trial, he has. And and my my point here is, and I'm sure I'm making people mad with my sentiment here. And if you want to, I don't know, lump me in on the side of the fence of of cancel culture. Like cancel culture is a funny like term to me because it's like, you know, what do you care if you've done nothing wrong? Mm-hmm. Like it's funny to me that generally the people that are getting canceled, there's like a bunch of people willing to line up and say, yeah, those people are a piece of shit. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like no one's lining up and and going like, I don't know, off the top of my head, just a universally loved celebrity. I don't know. Keanu Reeves. I know he's pretty popular and he and he should be. He's a really good guy. Like no one's lining up and trying to cancel Keanu Reeves. Maybe it's because he's a genuinely good dude to the people around him. It's not hard to be nice to people and just not be a gigantic douchebag to folks like so it. The cancel culture thing is like, it's like to call it a culture is, is odd to me because like, 
I'm generally finding that most of the people that are are getting whatever canceled, if you want to say that, are generally people that kind of deserve it. Like, yep. so you know, for for people to go, well, Jake Vertanen should get signed on a PTO to Edmonton because he was proven not guilty again. Unless that's coming from someone who is a law expert, like my friend, Samantha Chang, who's a great follow on Twitter uh, and, and the people at the broadcaster, just anybody, unless it's a law expert, I don't want to hear your opinion on why him being proven not guilty is a reason to the means that he should just get to continue being a potentially high earning NHL player, which he won't because he's not good. Um, I don't want to hear it. It's the same thing with just like, you know, everybody's a Twitter doctor now. Everybody's done research on Google. The second anybody now says to me, I've done research, immediately I'm like, I've written you off. I Like, I'm yeah. completely tuning you out. No, you haven't. Um, so unless it's a, a person with experience in law, particularly sexual assault law, which is about as, from my understanding from hearing from others, that are experts is about as muddy a set of laws as you're going to get, which is why it's extremely hard to convict people. Especially when it's a, he said, she said a hundred percent. I I don't want to hear your take on why Jake Vertanen should be getting second chances, third chance, whatever. I don't care. He's a bad hockey player. And by all accounts, he's a very bad person. Yep. And I and I read on I read a rumor on Twitter that the Caps were looking at him. No thanks. Yeah. I would have been so disappointed to yep. have somebody like that involved with my organization. Beyond the gross things he's been accused of. Yep. He's a bad hockey player. I don't want yep. this guy in my lineup. Like no, thank next. You. Thank so, you. To quote Ariana Grande. Too, thank yeah. you, next. Just uh <laughs> I love how fired up and how passionate you were in this. Uh, it makes me mad, dude. Oh, I like so people are such here, idiots. Like, and here's like here's like my opinion when it comes to like, cancel culture, right? Is it a thing? Yes, it is a thing. But when I say it's a thing, do, I, I think there are people out there who do maybe like I'll, I'll put myself for instance. You remember back on Twitter what happened with me? I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I thought I was unjustly throw. You know, you know. People, there were people out there who didn't like me, didn't like me for whatever reason, had an Instagram with me, and I'm not gonna say names. Anyways, um, was what I did, was what I did on Twitter, was it misconstrued? Yes, because my intentions were pure. Um, but some people took it as an opportunity to say, "Look what he just said on Twitter. Um, look what he yeah, did on Twitter." And you know what I mean? It was like it was. It like, wasn't even like on the same kind of level no, no. like but, was it a mistake on your part that you yeah. owned up to yeah, yeah. was it was it this like no 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 I'm not, I'm not trying to compare the levels of it not at all uh, but like, yeah there are there, there there's stuff like that where was it a was it a mislapse on maybe timing on my part yes but well, do like, people go that, over the top to find anything yes, yeah exactly. they exactly they do but they always have. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like the going, oh, cancel, cancel culture. Yes, it's always existed, dude. It's just yes. that we see it on such a minute level now because of the internet. 
Mm-hmm. We now can look. We can go on Twitter right now and look up just about anything yep. and find 800 negative comments about it. Oh, 100 percent. Somebody that's like, getting nailed to the cross. You know, you like know, like people will tweet. Twitter. Like I could go on Twitter right now. It, it even boils down to just as simple a thing as this. There's so much negative discourse. I could yeah. literally go yeah. on Twitter. We're talking about sports right now. I could go on Twitter right now and go. This would be a good one, actually. It'd be poignant. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. I I think that. Mm-hmm. I could literally tweet that and maybe have one or two people from Bill's Mafia tweet back at me and go, hell yeah, Josh Allen's the best. And then get like a bunch of negative hate and go, how could you say that? Patrick, yeah. Mahon- like, you know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like, it's, you know, I think McDonald's is delicious. McDonald's yeah. is but like it's yeah. just like people fighting like it, yeah, you know what I mean you know what I mean like it's you know the people who when they have an axe to grind and if you give them even a minute reason to to grind that axe they oh, will they'll do anything that's what I was trying to say like I wasn't trying to compare my situation with Conor Tannen because those are completely no. different stratospheres completely different but when I when we we talk about cancel culture there are times where somebody is unjustfully like thrown to the targeted because of somebody else's acts or somebody else's way of thinking when they don't even know the person that they're throwing, you know, throwing it, throwing to the sharks. They don't know that person's character. They don't know that, you know, you know, you know, you know, what they, what they do in their spare time. Like for, like for me, it was like, you know, like, fuck man. Like I, I volunteer like big brothers, big sisters. I do this for the, like, I'm trying to, you know, organize the Buffalo strong hockey tournament. So you working on that. Like people don't know my character, but one tweet, all of a sudden I was just like the biggest piece of shit in the world. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, not that yeah. I care about losing followers. I didn't, but like, it was just like, holy shit, dude. Like somebody just tried to cancel me, but like people, people like to yeah. just kind of, you know, overconstrue things. And I, I think like everybody on the internet to a degree anyway, and I stopped caring about this years ago and it's a healthy thing to do. It's just so concerned with appearing right. Like yeah. appearing like they're right all the time. And it's just yeah. like, you know, you like those people Everybody that are just right. constantly jumping on, you know, and starting dumb arguments over something, you know, McDonald's is delicious. McDonald's sucks. Like whatever, you know, it could be the (laughs) dumbest thing. Those people must be so fun to like sit around the Thanksgiving table with, you know, because it's just like the people that can never admit that they're wrong are the worst people to have conversations. I've, I've admitted plenty of times. So like when, um, when Jack Eichel's returning into Buffalo, I was on the drop on ESPN and they asked me flat out. I, I came right after Rick Janaret, which was wild, and Greg Wyshynski and Arda O'Gal. They're like, you know, what do you think? What do you think the fan reaction should be with Eichel? And I had my my you know my my thoughts about it going in. I was like, I I hope they respect him to an extent. He's going to get booed. Every player always gets booed on their return. And I understand that, like you know, the trade request coming to light is going to, going to affect that. But I hope like people don't treat him like he like he was the worst thing that ever happened to buffalo like you know i think we should be respectful about it and especially if they do the video tribute which they were going to do you know clap you know what i mean and then and then he makes his post-game comments and you know never you know never you know never backs off of it later on after he saw saw like all of the uh the blowback from it 
I'm like, you know what? I was wrong about that guy. I was wrong about his attitude and I was wrong about his care. Like I had no problem admitting that I was wrong. Like I, I, I don't care if people agree with me in my opinions. Cause that's what they are. Their opinions. Does that mean I'm right? Absolutely not. Anything I ever say on this podcast, unless I know it to be true is always going to be an opinion. You can agree with it or you can disagree with it. Like when Josh Allen was drafted by the bills, I fucking hated it. I remember where I was, what I said. I hated that pick because I watched him in college. And you know what? I also kind of listened too much to the media as well. I watched a handful of college games, one of which where he threw sure. 100 yards. And I just didn't I, – I, in those in those, in that small sample size, I didn't see what the hype was about. And then I also listened to all of these people who – he's not he's not an accurate quarterback. He's not an accurate quarterback. Now we have an MVP caliber quarterback, a quarterback that could have won the MVP last season and sure as shit is probably the front runner right now. I was at that game last night. It was electric. I've never heard that stadium that loud before in my life. And the MVP chants were insane on prime time where they blew out last year's AFC's uh, best team regulars in the regular season in the, in the uh, Tennessee Titans. And the week before in prime time blew out the defending Stanley Bowl, uh, Stanley uh, Super Bowl champions. Like, yeah, I, I am so happy to be wrong with that. I will not, not, not ever try to defend that point. I'd be, I'd be on an island by myself at this point if I ever tried to defend that to, to defend my initial reaction to that pick. But like, like you said, like you cannot, I can't stand people. And that's when that's where it comes from. People who refuse to admit that they're wrong. And it's also part of today's political atmosphere too, especially in, in the United States. Like, it's just like, nobody wants to admit they're wrong. No matter whether you're left, right, or center, nobody wants to be wrong. And they're in the just oh. stubbornness to, to admit that you're wrong is, is, is brutal. And, Going back to Vertan and one last thought on that too is like he's a piece of shit, and what 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 drives me nuts too about you know sports fans in general. This drives me absolutely nuts. You should, you need to be on one side of the fence. You're either on the side of the fence that doesn't glorify sexual predators, people who hit women, rape you know rapists, you, you just because they're great at sports. Or you're on the other side of the fence, which in my opinion makes you a big pile of shit. I.e., so, you know the, the 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 Cleveland Browns right now. I knew yeah. you were going to say that. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, I, 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 I agree. It's not all the fans, and it's not all the fans. It's not. But these fans that you see these pictures who are like, you know, happy ending. It's not a good look. It's it, it's not a good look. You know, you're on that side of the fence, or you're on the right side of the fence. And this past week, um, after everything we went through with. Matariza, the, the punter, and all that shit where this this scumbag and who's who tested positive in a rape kit, who admitted to giving her a sexually transmitted disease. Oh, but you have these people on this side of the fence. Well, it just proves that he had sex with her. Well, we heard that she was lying about her age. So that meant she deserved to be gang raped by multiple, multiple people. That means that she deserved that because she may or may not have lied about her age at a college party. We're oh, also all get a college party. It's like, what does that matter? Wh- which one of you fucking assholes was so innocent at that age where you didn't go to a bar or a party where you didn't belong? It happened all the time. I did it. I played college hockey. I played junior, oh, college, we, yeah. junior college Absolutely. hockey. Like, like I did it. I, I was in bar. I had a fake ID. What? Because I'm a guy. It's different. No, it's not different. So you need to be well, on one side of the fence or the other. But it is to people like, and that's, that's where, that's where it's, it's a, it's a thing now with this whole, 
idea uh, that those people have of cancel culture, their problem with it is it's generally women who are coming forward and saying, I was the victim of a power imbalance in a situation where, you know, I was either discriminated against or God forbid was assaulted. And, and, yeah. and that is where the thing, you know, where the difference is. And, and what's sad about that too, is that, you know, there are often instances where, where men are victims of sexual assault. We've seen that with that huge junior hockey hazing scandal that yeah. occurred here in Canada um, for years, Dan Carcillo was one of the most vocal guys about that. The story he told about him being on that bus in junior hockey was absolutely atrocious. Like it happens to men too. And, and it, it amazes me the amount of people that come out and start yelling and screaming about, well, you can't prove this and oh, blah, blah, blah. It's people, it's always people looking for money. And it's just like, generally when you look at these instances, it's not, it's people seeking justice for something that they felt was a crime against them. And, and it, it amazes me the amount of, you know, Twitter wizards that stand up and try and wave this magic wand like, oh, th this is made up and it, blah, 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 because it's it's a player on my team or somebody I I happen to like their their entertainment, be it a musician, a, 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 a an athlete, whatever. And it's just like, you know, I'm amazed at the amount of people that will come out and vocally go, oh, no, this isn't true and blah, 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 versus the people that try and be supportive. And, and look, you know, to your, to your point on a, on a more micro scale from before, are there unfortunately people that do fabricate these stories and oh, lie? Yeah. It happens. Absolutely. And those people are, are borderline worse than the offenders in a sense, because they delegitimize the process and make yep. everybody the second anything like that happens where it's proven this person blatantly lied and they go, yep, I, I lied. I tried, which is extremely rare, by the way. But when it does happen, people go, oh, see, well, so everybody's lying. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, it's like it just it, it's almost well, comparable to a generalization about like a group of people. Oh, all people of X group are like this or do this. It's like, and like that, what are we that's doing? Thing, that's here? not cancel culture. Like, you know what I mean? Like when somebody does like it never was. Ariza isn't a victim of cancel culture. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. If you no, think Matt Ariza is a victim of cancel no, culture, no, not at you all. you need like, help and some hugs. Like yeah. you were not hugged and, enough and, as a and, child. And, like, come on. And, and here and here's and another thing too, like like we go back, we go back to, you know, how I said, you have to be on one side of the fence. Those same people in myself, not, not, not myself, but I was right there with her. was like, get this guy off my football team. I will. I don't want him here. I don't want that to be a representation. He's a reprehensible human being. He doesn't deserve, he doesn't deserve to play professional football and he needs to answer for his crimes. I said, get him off my team. Like I am on that side of the fence. Not just because it's my football team, because I'm a human being and I feel for the victim. But well, the, and then there's there's the, people that were going, oh, well, we should wait until oh, all the facts come out. It's just like, you know, it's because it's because they were they were it was they were going through the civil 
the civil process of, you know, going after money. But here's the thing. They already tried to go through criminal court. But as we mentioned earlier, and he said, she said she was the only one in that room with multiple men to, that can that can speak for herself. There were witnesses on her behalf that said, yeah, she walked out of there, you know, looking like she'd been roughed up. And then you have these people who are claiming, like, well, she was lying about her age. Still doesn't mean that she wasn't assaulted, man. And that's not, yeah, that's not a means is, to an yeah, end here. Yeah. And then like, and, 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 then, so? and then you have these, you have these people that on, on this side of the fence, but then you have some people on that side of the fence. When OJ Simpson comes to town this past week, you're openly taking pictures with him, women too. And I'm like, how could you fucking sit here and advocately, advocately demand that a guy and rightfully so be cut from your football team for the heinous, disgusting crimes that he committed or allegedly committed and then openly voluntarily take a fucking picture with OJ Simpson because he's in town and you think, Oh, look at me. I'm cool. It's OJ. It's the juice. No, no. That guy, not only he's a murderer out of his ex-wife, but he fucking almost cut her head off. Yeah. It's facts to two innocent people. It's bizarre. You know, what? you know, you're a hypocrite. You're a hypocrite. And I'm sorry. And like, what's weird is like, everybody is hypocritical every day to a small degree. It's just whether it's just whether like, for instance, right. I love soccer for my European friends, football. Yeah. I love it. I love soccer. I'm a diehard Chelsea fan. The World Cup is in a couple months. I watch and support and give money to soccer and to a larger degree, the evil tweets. machine that is FIFA. They are a horrible organization that, you know, oversaw the deaths of thousands of migrant workers to build a city that didn't exist four years ago in Qatar so that rich, crazy oil barons and, and princes could host the most prestigious sports tournament in the world. Like that's, that is, if you really want to break down the definition of hypocrisy, that is hypocritical on my part because I paid money this year to watch the premier league and watch the Italian league and whatever. And all that money at the end of the day gets siphoned to the powers that be that run soccer. So if you really on a minute level like, want to break that down, I am hypocritical for doing we, that. We're all hypocritical because we do it with hockey too, with the, the scandal in hockey Canada and just our, Of course. Our, you know what I mean? I'm gonna be but, in a junior hockey rink making money off calling games yep. in two weeks' time. Yep. And I, I mean, you know, it's not and like it's not all my fault, but you know, if I don't if I didn't go on my show or come on this show or go on Twitter and say this is wrong and the game needs to change, then that's the difference between being a hypocrite and just being an idiot, really, at the end of the day. Like, my dad always said something to me, you know, when I was a kid, and he always used to say to me, be good to your friends and be self-aware. Like, you are not that important. Be aware of your limitations, who you are as a person and how your actions affect others. And that's always stuck with me. And to not be, it would be a big problem if I just ignored everything that hockey Canada has done and facilitated said nothing, 
went to the Guelph Storm game in two weeks and just went, oh, welcome back inside the OHL. This is great. What a great time. Junior hockey's the best. It's like, it, it isn't. I love junior hockey. There's a lot of things wrong with it. And that's the difference. You got to be self-aware enough to go, hey, like, is what I'm doing negatively impacting people that I really at the end of the day when it comes to this screaming about Jake for deserves this and blah OJ that at the end of the day is it doing anything for me and is it negatively impacting people that have been sexually assaulted and have suffered with that's, that for and years and years you're making them go through it twice almost you know if you can't if you can't bring yourself to a point of basic empathy i don't know i don't want to be i I, I, I emphasize i i I, you know i emphasize with with victims because i know victims i you know i was a victim and i think everybody knows somebody yeah and you know for me you know and i won't i don't really want to get into it because i've just now recently kind of come to the grips not grips but the ability to really talk about it with certain people openly but it was it was because of the strength of Andrew Peters and talking about it openly on his pot on his show when he was on the radio and now his podcast where I reached out to Andrew and I thanked him for his strength because it gave him me the ability to be more open about some of the things I went through when I was a kid um thing you know again I don't want to get too much into detail because uh, I'm no, not and that's your like, that's your prerogative you know I mean? like and and um, but it was because of his strength and his ability. I call, I told him, I sent him a message on Twitter and I said, I hope you read this. And I sent him a long message telling him my story is I want to know you're a hero because you're an individual who's so masculine and everybody who knows you and knew your career knew you to be this big masculine man, this enforcer, this guy who was willing to go out there and defend his teammates, the guy you wanted to walk down a dark alley with. And you had the ability to tell your story about what happened to you when you were a kid being that that person that everybody saw you are and to be to be able to show that vulnerability and the, the strength that took to tell that story. I said, you're a hero, man. You don't even understand it. You may not think of it, but the fact that you told that story, other people are going to hear that and it's going to help them through their struggles like it as me. And it's going to help other people to open up and talk about their problems, not keep it bottled up and not like and 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 not cause them to i mean it doesn't it doesn't cure depression but maybe you don't go you maybe you do open up to your friends or maybe your family or talk to somebody about it to help yourself so you aren't just another statistic later on in life you know what i mean i yeah. i i'm mean, gonna have brady leovold from um uh the uh I, i'm sorry is he, he just changed his name of his podcast from uh from uh have you seen his stuff on twitter Brady Leovold, um, he does the Puck Support Foundation. I'm not sure I'm familiar with him. No, but I mean, um, he sounds he, like he an interesting an guy. Story. He played in the WHL. He had, uh, I believe, I don't know if he was drafted by Tampa or he had like a tryout with them. But you know, he went to camp, and then he went through. Like, he, he, I believe he he dealt with sexual assault. Um, he's going to be on his show to talk about it. Um, it which led to alcohol and drugs and it ruined his hockey career. You know, it ruined a lot of relationship, including the, the relationship he had with his son, who he's estranged with now that he's trying to rebuild that relationship with his son. But Brady is just a, a shining example of a guy who, you know, just 
uh, and Andrew too, is guys who, you know, play a sport where you're expected to be this. And then this happens to you. And some people dealt with it differently. I know uh, Andrew's 10 years sober now, you know, you know, he's, he's come so far um, over the last 10 years, really, you know, dealing with his demons, same thing with Brady. And now he has his Brady has his platform where he uh, is able, people want to talk to him. It's, it's, it's called hockey to hell and back. Um, he just had Riley Sheehan on his show to talk about mental health. And he's had a lot oh, of nice. players. He's had a lot of former players on current and past who, who have dealt with mental health, who have dealt with, um, you know, dealt with these tragedies in their lives and, you know, his, his how he dealt with um, just some of the, uh, you know, the, the worst, the worst things you could deal with after going through sexual assault, the drugs, the alcohol, just the estrangement from your friends and your family, the people who they pushed you away because of your problems and how he's been able to build himself back up. And now he has a platform, a podcast uh, from hockey to hockey, to hell and back where he, you know, now he, now he helps people telling his story and, you know, that's just going to go such a long way to help people. So they're not, they don't become a statistic. Um, and like you said, you, you look at these things that happen in sports and how these people get glorified, like your Deshaun Watson's who it's just mind blowing to me. That guy's ever going to throw that guy's going to throw a football again in the NFL. It's mind blowing to me that Jake for is going to play hockey again in the NHL. The things that Evander Kane has done and has been accused of, uh, OJ Simpson just having this huge platform now on Twitter and people still wear his jersey and glorify him. Even Jim Kelly here in Buffalo, I'm sure you might not know the stories about Jim Kelly and what the things that he did to his wife he used to beat the piss out of his wife. She used to, you know, I, I won't get the stories that I know personally, but you ask any Orchard Orchard Park hop uh, around back then, it was the worst kept secret in Buffalo. The guy physically abused his wife. W pushed her down a set of stairs, was sued for you know assaulting a woman in a bar. The guy thought his shit didn't stink. He was the king of Buffalo and he could do and do and say whatever he want when he wanted. I hate Jim Kelly. I don't care what type of great athlete, phenomenal athlete, shitty yeah. human being. Deshaun Watson, great athlete, phenomenal MVP caliber quarterback, piece of shit human being. Jake Furtanen, not a good hockey player, also a terrible human being. It's OJ Simpson. It Unbelievable running back, but yeah. a fucking murderer, a double murderer. And he assaulted his wife, probably even sexually assaulted her. If you're gonna go, you're really go that far. But the fact that these people still get glorified because they were an athlete, that is fucking insane to me. You need to be on one side of the fence. You are on the right side that doesn't that that that, that holds these people accountable and holds people to athletes to a standard. Or you could be on that other side of the fence where all you care about and you live and die is by the jersey that the jersey that your team wears and nothing else matters. It's a bunch of yeah. bullshit, man. It is a bunch of bullshit. It is. I don't I don't really I've never really understood the you know the enthusiasm, you know, to go over the line and, and go hell bent for leather to defend or try and stick up for for certain you know athletes you know within this conversation when at the end of the day it really doesn't matter like does it affect your life that much i mean look like there's one thing to be said for being passionate like and 
and I'm very passionate about sports. I like, I have my favorite team and the date they finally want a Stanley cup tattooed on my right shoulder right now. Like, you know, if you, I've got shit hanging all over behind me of like bands and capital stuff that I like, like if you want to, you know, call me not passionate. I mean, fine, I guess, whatever your definition of it is. I dedicate a lot of my life to like enjoying and watching sports, but to to try and make it into this they can do no wrong because you know they're famous and they entertain me which is essentially what the stance boils down to yeah oh a star player on my team's accused of x and and your immediate first thought is well well now we're not going to finish in first place it's like okay man like like the as if like the team just stops like you know you, you, what, the franchise can't go anymore like a great example like pe- people i know this for a fact like because you know how the the old adage the internet is undefeated you know yeah. all the people that were posting i'm never going to a washington football game again if they change the name yeah. from the redskins the deep history oh, of the team we culture. won super bowls oh i'm never i'm canceling my season seats now really? and like some of the people that were like tweeting that they're like they're taking selfies at the season opener this year and yep. people started sharing it like is this you bro like yeah, no you're not you're not changing if it, tomorrow wild. It, it, it's, it's so wild. stupid it's wild like no that's not cancel culture asking some asking for you to have empathy for and just understanding of why that team name was wrong and the fact of what those people went through and what their like their heritage and what their ancestors went through asking you to have empathy to not call your football team the Washington Redskins. That's They're still going to play culture. on Sunday. What's the problem? Yeah, like like I'm more I, concerned about what the beer's going to cost. I don't yeah. care if the team name changes. If the, to, if the Washington Capitals change their name tomorrow to the Washington Trombones, guess who's ordering a jersey? Yep, you like, are. I don't care what the team name is. Yeah, like, is just, it cool to have a good team name? Yeah, I get Like, but I'm still going to go. Yeah. I'd actually argue you're less passionate than me. If something as simple as a name change, it's no one, like, no one's away. asking you to change your family crest or something. Yeah. Like, why are you taking the it so ask you personally? For, the team didn't ask you to give them, give blood, you know? Yeah. It's not going to cost you, you anything. Like, they're still it, going to play on Sunday. You're still going to go and tailgate and eat 600 sausages and beers. And you're going to go in and not even remember half the game anyway, because you're lit from drinking at eight 30 in the morning. What's the big problem? I it, like it, it, it actually like, doesn't make sense to me. Like the people screaming about, they're not called the Redskins, a proud tradition. Who gives a shit? Nobody. They've sucked for 30 years. Make a new tradition. If my team sucked as bad as Washington did for 30 years in the NFL, I'd want them to change the name and make us forget that that ever happened. Yeah. Who cares? Agreed. Go to the tailgate, eat your hot dog, and shut up. Like, that, like that's it. If you want to argue about the stats and the, the skill of the players, I'm here all day for that. Absolutely. 
I think Josh Allen's a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. Sorry. Yes. I'll have that yes. argument all day. I yes. don't want to argue about this dumb uh, when Patrick BS, Mahomes, like, When Patrick Mahomes can throw the ball 80 yards without, without putting effort into it downfield and also run over a linebacker the way Josh Allen does, then, then, I'll, then I'll entertain the idea of Patrick Mahomes being a better quarterback. But until he does that, he's second to Josh, uh, Joshua Allen. Sorry. Now, I didn't want to turn this into a giant political discourse discussion, but, but, but like, that's just I mean, kind of where really, it goes. Like, we really did get to go off the rails once we started talking about Jake. But you know what? It's positive conversation. We, we talked a little about like cancel, not cancel culture. Like there are things that, yes, deservedly so, they need to be canceled. You know what I mean? Can we People, just, can like we just have a bit of perspective, folks? See ya. Like, bye. There are people who say and do shitty things, especially in like, you know, you, you hear people voice their opinions, whether it be a politician or like about the LGBTQ community, like, you know, because they don't want to grow up and live here in 2022 where, you know, you should have empathy for your fellow human being. And, you know, I, I again, I'll I'd it. ask, like, how does any of that affect anyone's life? Yeah, it doesn't forward. affect like, your does life. Affect- so why do you care so friggin' much? It's just so so stupid and dude like to those people it just makes no sense to me like do you do you know how and trust me coming from a guy who spent a long time wallowing in self-depression and not seeing how good life can be like that whole you know goofy saying you know the cliche of life is what you make it really is true like when you can switch your perspective to just being appreciative of the things that you do have it really changes your yeah. level of care toward these stupid things that don't affect your life at all. I could not care less what gender somebody wants to be identified yeah, as, like, what color their skin is, like, what their culture is, like, what church you go to. I really don't care. If you're a good person, good for you. Carry on with your life. Like, exactly. dude, do you understand like how good food is? Like anytime that you're just like, oh, the way that person over there's <laughs> acting's bother me. Dude, eat a chocolate chip cookie. Have you had one? They're unbelievable, dude. Yeah. Mint chip ice cream yeah. is so legit. Until Shut that person, up. until that person negatively affects your life with their decisions, yeah. I don't understand why you give a shit. And what does it what does it matter? Like so eat stupid. ice cream and watch television. It's yeah. so good. Actually, Why are you getting wound That's, up about what your neighbor is doing yeah. in the privacy of their bedroom? They're not shit. making you care. watch. Like who I, I, cares? Mean, I hope we don't piss too many people off of this conversation. I don't care. I, just, I, I don't I, care. I neither do I, but like, you know, I, I understand so these conversations need to happen sometime. You know what I mean? Like, you know. Well, I say we went off the rails. Yeah, we went off the I didn't rails. even try and cancel anybody. Conversation. I didn't even try and cancel anybody. I'm just no, saying no, no, you know. how I feel. Like it just, I just feel like there are a lot of I people. Canceled, I canceled Jake for Tannen. I canceled Matt Ariza. I canceled OJ Simpson. But, but, Fuck those, but those people canceled themselves. Like, yeah, we, exactly. Like, like we didn't do we, it. We, we we contributed to making making people aware of what they did and polarize it. Sure. But their own actions, they did themselves in. Yeah. Calling people out and saying, Hey, that's a fucked up thing to do is not can't like, that's literally the equivalent of having a big test at high school tomorrow. And you and I stay up chatting till four in the morning and don't study. We flunk the test. And then we go, the teacher doesn't like me. Yeah. I I failed because I failed because Mrs. Brown 
you know, looked at me funny one day in, in yeah. calculus and again, she doesn't again, like are me. There, are there, are there, are there things that people get canceled for that are unjust, you know, aren't justifiable? Yeah, sure. Because people, just, sometimes people just have an ax to grind. But when you do reprehensible things, there are going to be reprehensible co- consequences that you deserve. And that's, again, when it comes to guys like Matt Ariza, you know, OJ Simpson, and then Jake Furtanen, and what happened, you know, obviously. Hockey Canada. They, yeah, Hockey Canada. On, the, the on down the Black, list. Kyle, Kyle Beach and the Chicago the Black Blackhawks Black. scandal. All of them Unbelievable. You deserved to be canceled because you're a reprehensible human beings and you don't deserve the platform that you have or the lifestyle that you live anymore. And that's just a, that's just a fact. And it is. And sadly enough, yeah. those people who did commit those, they're still living to an extent living better than we are in terms of, of, of finance in, in a, in a financial means, but almost consequence free. That's the other weird part sucks. of like people running to defend them. It's just yeah. like, you're you're financially worse off than any of these people are ever going to be like what is your like why are you so horny to like jump to these people's defense and say oh these people are hard done by it's just like well all right man like i just own up to your actions just be responsible and be self-aware and you know and and try and be nice to people and like this stuff's not going to happen to you like nice people are not getting you know taken to the cleaners here like i I, you know i i just don't understand like the the uh the malfunction here societally but i mean you know the the internet's a weird place and yeah uh, again i i remember watching like a a docuseries about the internet and when i learned that basically 90 percent of tweets that we see on Twitter are are put up by less than 10% of Twitter's user base. I immediately like unplugged from you know the uh the taking it seriously as a gauge of society. That's our problem is we we get way too plugged in be it sports, music, especially right now politics which if uh, unfortunately whether you all like it or not they do intersect. Um, people get too, you know, too wound up on it because they think it's like a representation of hundreds of millions of people. And it just isn't most people aren't on Twitter, you know, mm-hmm. like, th- like think about it that way. Like most of us aren't, you know, this need and desire to constantly be expressing every thought that comes to the front of our dumb heads. And I'm guilty of it too hypocrite the this this thirst for just call and response is like you know when you boil it down to something like sports and having a debate about this guy's stats or make this guy better than this guy it's not very harmful it's like fun i i enjoy engaging in those conversations i do it every night at the hockey rink i go this guy's having a better year than this guy because those are fun to have it's when these existential you know, problems with society come into the mix and everybody's like, oh, I think this and I, and I think this. It's like it just becomes a white noise to me. And I, I can't I can't take it seriously. And neither should you like neither should anybody watching this. Like if you see something 
you know, on Twitter and it's making it look like, oh, well, everybody definitely thinks like this. No, they don't because everybody isn't even involved in the argument. So just like, that's my point. Like, don't yep. take it so seriously. You know, yeah. that's really the problem with society. We all need to take ourselves way less seriously. We oh. are not important, dude. They found, dude, they found like organisms on the moon the other day. Yeah. We and don't matter, dude. Yeah. And, it, and it's, it's like, barely a news story. It's barely. What are we even story. talking about? You know, There's none like, of this matters, any, but any, I love this any, show. And anybody, anybody who treats life like that should take a Zidonia Chara fucking slap shot to the fucking, to the fucking dent their head. Yeah. Like the come on, to, honestly. to the butt cheeks, honestly. Um, and it was Nathan Pace. I just got confirmation from another amazing thing. dude. Nathan look at Pache. the memory on I, you. I'm pretty positive. He asked Chara to sign the helmet too. Uh, but getting, you know, not getting back to hockey, but, um, no, you let's know, do that. I'm yeah, sweating. Transitioning. Yeah. We just spoke for like a solid <laughs> oh half hour, God. 40 minutes. And again, I thought it was a very positive conversation. Hey, you want to start a podcast about society yeah. or something? I'm, I'm down. Just kidding. I mean, I'm being, I'm totally being serious. Let's go. Okay. Well, um, we'll talk, we'll talk after the show. Yeah. I, uh, but, but yeah, hockey, I, but hockey, let's do that. Tell hockey. me more. Let's do that. Uh, so uh, two other big retirements today, obviously PK Subban and, you know, Keith Yandel, the Iron Man yeah. um, Subban. We, t- we spoke, you know, before the show in a little bit, like Subban's a guy that I think, you know, had a great career, was very polar, very, very polarizing personality, which I don't think people will always drove me nuts about him, not him, but the NHL and these old, old heads in the NHL or whatever the correct terminology is, it is, is you want to make the league more fun, but you hate a guy like PK Subban because he has a polarizing personality. It never made sense to me. He's fun. He's a fun guy. He's a fun guy to listen to. You know, he, he's very eccentric and exciting and passionate, even in his, in his, um, in, in his farewell tweet today, you know, calling it a career, just the passion you, as you read through that, like you, you can sense how much he loves the game of hockey and how much it meant to him to be successful and maybe someday win a cup. And just the, 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 the old talking heads of the NHL is just like how he was treated and oh, he's bad in the locker room. He's this, he's that. It's like, why, why? Because he has a social media presence and he likes to enjoy life. That means he's a bad, a, a bad guy to have in your locker room. I'm sure there are, to every one idiot that says that there are 50 guys who have actually know PK and actually have played with them. That will say the opposite. Well, yeah, that's the sentiment that you got basically, you know, in people talking about him on sports radio and sports shows, certainly up here and, and people responding to his social media posts. Like he was a beloved guy and really like, look, I don't want to, you know, paint everybody that had this opinion because, just because you had this opinion doesn't necessarily mean that you think this way, but yeah. a large majority of people and fans that were dissatisfied with him thought that he was a cancer in the locker room, largely at the end of the day, because he's black and, and he is obviously a, a visible minority, which is something that I'm hoping will change in hockey over the coming years. And, um, like, it's just bizarre to me that, like, it's like, oh, he's, why is he a, a polarizing personality? Is it because he tweets or, or, or is it really 
because he listens to hip hop music and does things a little differently and doesn't listen to good old boy country music in the locker room yeah. like your average pasty white guy from Saskatchewan. Yeah. Now, I love people from Saskatchewan. Don't get mad at me here. I love the prairies. I'm just <laughs> saying that for a lot of people, that's really what it boiled down to. Yeah. Well, he doesn't look like me and he doesn't do things like I would do it in a locker room. And that and doesn't maybe apply like, to everybody. Obviously, no, it doesn't. It, it does but not. The people, like the, the people who are most critical of him, it does because it's like you don't want to accept that this guy was a. Well, you don't electric, want to admit that, in his right? Prime when he was healthy, absolutely electric to watch on the ice. Oh, one of the most fun defensemen. Personality. One of the most fun defensemen of the last thirty years. Like the, those first few years in Montreal when he was wheeling around behind the net and clapping one timers from the top of the dot like it was he was he was a freak like he anybody would have taken him on their team and it took acquiring a, a pretty at the time legendary defenseman in his own right in Shea Weber to get him out of there and like you know it always struck me as funny the whole thing and paradigm and seeming issues with his personality in a place like Montreal, which has built a culture and a history on being that team that was all about the flair and the showmanship. And when you, you know, look back on the, the legends of that franchise they all loved PK. They all thought he was amazing for the organization, let alone what he did in the community and making that significant lifetime donation to the Montreal Children's Hospital. I, I was in Montreal a few summers ago, and there are multiple, I'm talking multiple, big murals of PK on the sides of buildings in there. And of course you've got your Bellavos, your rockets. There are a lot of PK murals. Like this guy was beloved. And when you look back on the history of that team and you think of Le Dimon Blonde, Lafleur flying down the ice with the hair flapping in the wind, the rocket who like took on the establishment of the NHL, maybe more so than any player before or since and, and really stood up for the French English divide and, and took it to task back in the fifties and the Richard riots. If you're not familiar with that, look it up. It was incredibly unjust. What happened to that guy back then, you know, and, and then you think about the Bellavos and the Ken Dryden's like a, a franchise that, that marketed and succeeded off the back of eccentric characters who did things differently. And they took pride in that. They were very much an identity of the French people and, and the French Canadians and, and built a culture that was different to the other teams in the NHL. And so it always struck me as bizarre that he, from some fans, was received that way. And well, you know, we have eyes. You can you can distinguish pretty quickly what the major difference is between PK Subban and Maurice Rocket Richard. You can you can see it pretty quickly, can't you? And unfortunately, people took that and went, oh, well, he acts a little differently and brings a bit of a different energy than than what I'm used to. And so, oh, he's he's polarizing all of a sudden. What the hell are you talking about? Like 
He was so much fun. I would have taken him on my team any day of the week. I wish him well in retirement. He's going to walk into a broadcast booth or a show. Guaranteed he'll have a podcast. He should have a podcast immediately. I'll I'll be a day one subscriber. One of the most interesting and, and really in terms of who he is as a person and his personality, giving superstars that we've ever seen in the NHL. He was so forthcoming with who he was as a person and, and, and his brothers kind of, you know, went on that journey with him in the NHL and his parents are really cool. People's dad was a school principal for a long time. Like Mm -hmm. this guy was everything you want in a superstar. One of the most marketable players I can think of off the top of my head of the last few years, but because he doesn't do everything all vanilla like Sidney Crosby and you know quietly go home to Halifax and I don't know what he does, fish for clams or something like I don't know like and that's fine. That's Sid, and I love Sid. Like it's fine that Sid's like that, but because he does things so different, oh well, you know it. it he's he's a problem and and whatever i i never bought into it i love the guy and i wish him all the best yeah i mean as well um i i loved watching pk um it was a shame to see injuries really hamper the, the back end of his career oh, i still guy. i guess i still think he has some left in the tank and the right structure guy can really still contribute to a power play and i still think he'd be a 30 40 plus player in the nhl again given the right circumstances but again i loved watching him play i especially those those years in montreal and the early ones in nashville uh seeing him play with Suter, uh you know it, again it was electric um and then um you know just unfortunately just the way things ended up for him and just the injuries and again as we spoke to before it was just you can't help, you can't help the fact that you're hurt, you know, and it sucks. And it's, you know, just wish maybe the media would have treated him a little bit better. And I don't know. Some of them. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. But, Mm -hmm. um, and then obviously Keith Yandel, the iron man of hockey, uh, calling it a career, a guy who really epitomized that tough, the, the, uh, the, the narrative of what it means to be a hockey player that he guy played through so many injuries, you know, the guy who was a leader on and off the ice, you know, throughout his career, you know, with, with Florida, with, with obviously with Arizona back, going back to when they were the Phoenix coyotes. And then obviously ended his career with Philly. Um, and uh, it was with the Rangers too, correct? It was with the Rangers. Yeah. They acquired him at the deadline one yep, year. Yep, yeah. Yep. And yep. just the, the career that guy had, it was just, again, he really defined that, what it meant to be a hockey player you play you're supposed not that you're supposed to but you know the tough the 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 tough identity of being a hockey player keith yandel really 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 defined that and just his ability to be a leader on and off the ice he played through injuries did what it's you know cared more about the the crust in the front the name on the back and you know just an awesome career a guy too who you would expect to probably be in the Hall of Fame at some point. I mean, I don't know how you don't at least consider him holding that record. And you know, he had very similar offensive numbers as Chara as well. Um, I think right around he was in the six hundred plus point uh, range, as was Chara. Six nineteen. So yeah, yep. I would imagine that if you're going to consider Chara 
I mean, I don't think Yandel never won a, won a cup. So I think that maybe is the deciding factor between the two. But I think you should at least consider Keith Yandel as a guy who uh, should be in the Hall of Fame. But who am I to say that? Because Alexander Mogilny is in the Hall of Fame. And that guy really, you know, paved the way for Russian hockey players to come to the NHL. And his story of defection out of Russia is, if you haven't read it or watched a documentary, I, I, I encourage you to because it's unbelievable when he defected to the Buffalo Sabres from Russia, uh, everything he dealt with and the Sabres dealt with, you know, being chased by the KGB, his family being threatened, him being threatened, like unbelievable story. So if that guy's not in the hall of fame and he had a thousand point plus a thousand, a thousand plus point career and won a Stanley cup, uh, scored over 70 goals in a season once, uh, if that guy's not in the Hall of Fame, I guess I, I really can't speak to who should be in the Hall of Fame because it's mind-blowing that he isn't. Uh, well, I don't think any of us can anymore because some of the guys that have got in, no disrespect, have kind of raised eyebrows, right? And, and you know, some people might hear you going, Keith Yandel, like Hall of Famer. I personally don't think he's a Hall of Famer, but it's fair to bring his name up based on some of the guys that we've seen get in. And again, I'm not going to bring up anybody specific. I don't want to be disrespectful. They're in the hall of fame and whether you like it or not, they were incredible hockey players at one point in their career enough that, you know, the board thought that they were deserving to be in the hall of fame. So I'm not going to compare him to anybody in there specifically, but I think people know what I'm talking about where you kind of look at some names over the last few years and you go, huh, He's a Hall of Famer, eh? Hmm. Ahead of a guy like McGillney, right? But certainly an offensively gifted defenseman who played a lot of games in a row, 1,109 games, pretty sick career, 619 points, put up a lot of points on bad Phoenix and Arizona teams, and then went to Florida and became a power play ace there. Like In terms of power play quarterbacks, for a long time, he was one of the best. And any there was a stretch there for about eight, nine years where just about any team in the NHL, if, if Yandel was available, they would have lined up to get him. Uh, and, and again, maybe he'll get in someday as a fringe guy. For me, I don't personally feel like he's a hall of famer, but based on the history recently of the hall of fame, if he ever got in, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick and scream over it. Yeah. Maybe I'd raise an eyebrow, but I, I, he was a really great player and, and, you know, by all accounts, a great person, you know, like when the Boston marathon bombings happened, he's from Boston and, and he did a lot of fundraising and, and gave a lot back to his home community. I remember as well, like after that happened and he, he actually got involved in particular with a young family where, where there's, they lost their son in the bombing and Keith Yandel was his favorite player. He did a bunch to help that family out. And when Arizona visited Boston for the first time after, you know, that tragedy occurred, like he got a standing ovation and everything like a, a beloved teammate, a beloved guy within the hockey community. And uh, again, congrats on a great career. I mean, you know, a you play a thousand games. I don't care, you know, at, in any era, at any position in the NHL, you're a special player and, and he should be remembered as such. I 100% agree. Um, and then, uh, transitioning that obviously, uh, to the big Nathan McKinnon extension. Um, Woo! yeah, guy, guy had a great heavy be, wallet, Nate, right? Right. Drinks on drinks on Mac, right? A hundred percent. Oh yeah. hundred percent. 
alcohol free carbon free, you know carbohydrate free drinks right right, Nate? right, right. no chips no so, ch- i'm just kidding i uh you know you can't help it though man it was uh i i i i i, I you know the the contract that he was on i think it was like 6.125 million a year best contract in hockey at the time you can't i mean he's an mvp caliber player making you know less money than what tage thompson will be making you know next season after signing his big extension so deservingly deserves to be you know the highest played hockey player in nhl history um i think Connor mcdavid at some point will be that again um just just my opinion guy's an absolute electric factory to watch as is mckinnon but um i uh yeah, like just what a year for him, you know, leading his team to a Stanley Cup, uh, you know, having an, another MVP caliber season, um, I think. And then just uh, to finally get paid, you know, what he deserves, uh, the leader he's been, the sacrifices he made, you know, to be able to build that team in Colorado, taking less money and, you know, not holding out for more, knowing full well that the the opportunity they had to win a cup and you were able to bring in guys like Nazem Kadri and, you know, to, you know, to pay those guys the extra piece to your team to put you over the top to finally win a cup. Um, just a true leader, uh, true de- definition of a leader again, on and off the ice um, and a great ambassador for hockey and is really happy to see him finally get paid. Yeah, I agree. 12.6 average. He's, he's getting a hundred thousand more a year on AAV than, than McDavid, obviously, who was the highest paid uh, on annual uh, average, annual average value. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that anybody after the year he had and, and the consistent leader he's been, you know, not just with his offensive skill and his electric skating, but just, you know, the person he is and the way that he has, you know, become an avalanche. Like, he is yeah. Colorado. Like, he is... He is now in there with the Sackicks, the Forsbergs, the Haydukes, the Foots, the Blakes, the Waz. Like he is in that pantheon now of of great Avs players. Like he will be remembered forever if he retired tomorrow, which he will not, mm-hmm. uh, as an all time great Av. And and he is. And so I, I have zero problem with the contract. Hopefully, you know, we've heard over the next few years that the cap should start to come back around NHL starting to recover from the pandemic. And and I think the finances around the league will will get a little easier for teams to start managing. I I will say that I do think Austin Matthews is going to blow past this in two years time. Next July, he's eligible to sign a new deal. I think it probably lands safely north of 13 million. AAV and and he will deserve it he he will deserve it and and that's the nature of sports what this guy gets this in a couple more years I'm at this level and I get this much more we've seen it in the NFL we see it in baseball you know talk about baseball I like what the hell does the number for Aaron Judge look like next summer you know what I mean like that's what we're talking about here it's a progression and if anybody's out there saying, oh, Nate McKinnon doesn't deserve that contract, I don't know who you've been watching for the last, you know, eight, nine years. Yeah, okay. He absolutely does, and uh, and good for him. Good for him. What a year for Colorado, and and uh, he deservedly so, like you said, uh, cashes in. Yep, and um, again, exciting, exciting. To, uh, I'm just extremely excited going into this season. Um, 
you know, teams that, you know, you, you would assume that are going to be right there, right. Continue right there off your Colorado's, your Toronto Maple Leaf, uh, your Tampa Bay lightning, those teams that are going to be absolute powerhouses still next season. I'd expect, I mean, I still, I still think personally that the lightning are my favorite out of the East to make it to the final next year. And I would say maybe Colorado again, you know, even losing Nazem Kadri. Um, Calgary is a very interesting team next season. You know, yeah, they lost honestly one of my favorite players to watch on all of hockey, Matthew Kachuk, who's just an absolute, you know, built like a brick shit house and plays an old time hockey with, you know, this era is worth a kind of finesse. You know, I, I can't articulate it as, as well as maybe you or say Cully, but to lose that guy, you still get Jonathan Huberto, who, yeah, maybe he's, you know, at 29th, I think he's 30 years old now and you get uh, Mackenzie Weger, but then you go out and you get, you know, a guy like Nazem Kadri, who's just going to make that battle of Alberta still so much fun to watch. Um, you, you still expect uh, you know, Calgary to be a player out of the West. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see where the Sabres end up. I'm sure as, as much as you are excited to see, you know, if uh, st- still sit there and watch Ovi, Chase Gretzky, um, and then obviously yeah. where your team sits going in, in the East, that's still a very tough Eastern Conference next season. Uh, as much as I hate on the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're still going to be a, a huge player, no matter what, even though if they're starting Matt Murray and that, uh, have fun with that. Um, but, uh, you know, the Sabres just went undefeated in the prospects challenge. Uh, their young players looked phenomenal. Matthew Savoy is, is the real deal, and I'll stand by it, dude. He is the closest thing I've seen to a player like Danny Breer in a Sabres uniform since Danny Breer. And he's so much fun to watch. Tyson Kozak cannot believe that guy fell to like the seventh round of the NHL draft. I think, you know, that may be in part to the fact that we did deal with the pandemic and COVID and it made things more difficult maybe for scouts to, you know, to scout for scouts to scout, to see a guy like as skilled and as finessed and as smart as Tyson Kozak this weekend, when I got there to see him like, wow, um, this team's going to be very, very fun to watch in the future. And then uh, Yuri Kulik, a guy who has already an NHL level release uh, shot and release. Um, you know, the game I wanted had a three point night against the devils um, absolutely lit up um, their goaltending prospect. Uh, Nika, Nico Dawes was Nico Dawes in that. Yeah. Yeah. You got good, got, good got former Guelph storm boy. Yep. Got lit up, got lit up by the Sabres young guns at the prospect. Wow. Challenge. He'll I bounce he, back. He got peppered for six. I want to say it was six goals, but that uh, won't bother Nico though. He just, no, I won't. we were, we were chanting Nico, Nico. We were, we were in his head, man. We were, we were in his head. I loved it. But Sabres prospects went undefeated. A lot of, a lot of things to be optimistic about as a Sabres fan. Again, I don't think they're a playoff team, but if you want to be, you know, go back to Bill's terminology, how often did we, you know, look at Bill's teams and those graphics, you know, during the drought years, and they were always a team that would be in the hunt. I think the Sabres are an in the hunt team this year. I think yeah, they I agree. outside looking in. Um, I think Tage Thompson is going to earn that contract. Um, I still would like to see a better uh, option at center for your top two um, to go along with. I mean, not saying I don't have, than a guy like Dylan Cousins, but I think Dylan's more fit for like a third line center role. Um, a guy who is is some finesse and can score, but will also can bang bodies much like Michael Pekka did in his heyday with Buffalo. Um, 
so we'll see. There's still there's still some left to be said. But the Sabres are also very deep down the middle. Again, we I mentioned Savoy, I mentioned Yuri Kulik, uh, Noah Oslin. There's a lot of guys. You know, uh, I want to say JJ Paterko was a center, um, a great 200 foot player. I, he might not be a center, but I know Jack Quinn's a winger. But you you have addition by subtraction because you don't have a guy like Cody Eakin anymore. But you add in Owen Power to a, for a full season. You're adding uh, either Jack Quinn and or J.J. Paterka. I think that should be that position should not be handed to Jack Quinn as great of a year as he did it, as he had in the A last year. I think J.J. is a much better 200-foot hockey player, and I don't think that that spot on this team should be handed to anybody. Make him fight for it in training camp and, you know, may the best player win. Um, but I'm excited to see where this team is. You have Eric Comrie in that, who I think is an upgrade from what we had. And, you know, it'd be a good 1A, 1B situation between him and Craig Anderson. Um, don't put the whole load on Craig, 41 year old Craig Anderson. Uh, you know, make, you know, maybe he plays one in every three or four games, and I'm completely fine with that. Um, and give Eric Comrie a good chance to be a starting goaltender in the NHL. So yeah, I'm, see what he see what he has. Yeah, like l- let him let him have the reins and see if he can take them and 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 confidently run with them. Right? Yeah, yeah. like Buffalo's. I I wouldn't be surprised if they finished anywhere from like nine, ten, eleven in the conference. I don't think they're quite a playoff team yet, but they're really building a, a solid foundation. We talked about this a lot, and yep. as we should, this is a Buffalo show, but. Like Buffalo Sabres exciting hockey is is well on the rise here. And we saw it midway through to the end of last year. And I think that they're going to cause teams a lot of problems this year and be a thorn in the side and really start laying that foundation down to where maybe another one or two years, they become a consistent playoff force. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So um, with that being said, like you said, hockey is just about a month away. Um, you know, the, the start of the regular season, uh, a little bit less. You got a taste of it in Buffalo here with the prospects challenge. You got to see a lot of the younger players, the younger stars that are going to be in the NHL uh, in the next, you know, couple years. And like I said, you know, Matthew Savoy, the kid looks like the real deal. And that those are just the junior players and the uh, European players we got to see. And the Russians, like, you know, we, we didn't even, we don't even, that's not even counting what you have in the college ranks. You're Ryan Johnson, you're Devin Levi, you're Eric Portillo. Uh, your Aaron Huglin in Buffalo, you know, over in Minnesota. Like, there's a lot of talent in the college ranks too that couldn't play in that tournament. So I'm super excited uh, as a Sabres fan to see what this season brings. Um, the Bills are going to really carry the conversation this year in Buffalo, but I think the Sabres are really going to create a buzz in this city again uh, this season. And um, you know, and I hope for the same for your Washington Caps. Uh, there, uh, uh, jury. Yeah, we'll see. You know, I. I'm I'm like the the in the very least when you look at you know the caps and their five on five numbers and their defensive metrics they were a really good team last year and I I I just am excited I'm cautiously optimistic to see them oh, be a be. little better with Kemper and net because they had well below league average goaltending last year and still had great team metrics and basically you know russian machine never breaks which is like you know the great washington fan site they always have great analytics on there they basically wrote an article where they broke down in the off season if the caps had had at least league average goaltending on most nights 
they would have probably won the division. Like mm. they would have won probably an extra seven, eight, maybe nine games. Their goaltending really let them down. They scored three or four a lot and ended up giving up five or six. And it wasn't because they didn't have good structure. It would appear that way if you just looked at the scoreboard. It wasn't the case. They were actually a very well put together team and didn't have the goaltending well. Now they've got a defending Stanley Cup champion and a guy who has been an a borderline elite goalie. I know Darcy Kemper's maybe not a guy that jumps out at people as an elite goalie. You look at his save percentage and his five-on-five goals saved above above expected over the last four years he's top three and he's number one in five on five save percentage he he's he can stop the pucks that he's supposed to and i couldn't have said that about vitek banachek or Ilya samsonov i wish those two well but um i'm excited to have kemp's in net and That's see what some of the old war horses can do Got traded from Washington, got traded back to Washington. Like, it's just like that guy was a little bit suitcase, man. Just a little bit. So we'll uh we'll see. I, I'm yeah. cautiously optimistic. I, I yeah. think that I think they're due for at least one more good year. Yeah. And we're gonna pay a little homage, as I mentioned earlier. Uh we're gonna watch a little bit of a grainy video of a very spry Zidonia Chara hitting Nathan Page in the helmet with a puck. Uh, wow, you found it, eh? Yeah, I found it. Well, somebody else found it. Uh, um, I'll give him a shout out here, real quick. Uh, John Stanton uh, at J Fuzzy Wuzzy on Twitter uh, said, "I remember watching it too, man." And he went and found it for me on Twitter. So appreciate it, John. Uh, we'll have to get you something. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for finding that for us. Um, real quick here. Uh, Nope, not video file. We're going to share screen. Where is the window? There is Twitter. And we'll bring it up right here. Watch on YouTube. Can you see it? Oh, yeah. Oh, such a grainy video. Let's see if we get a close up. I knew it was Nathan Pace. Amazing. He survived that. I wish we can get like the slow down. Oh, oh my God. Oh no. Oh no. It's Dangle. We got Dangle, a quick Dangle. I recognize that voice anywhere. Oh, who would the best? Um, but yeah, I uh, I, I love that you can just hear up. him going. It's dented my it's helmet. Dented. Yeah, incredible. I wish we could find a slowed down version of that, but uh, for sure, man. I I knew I remembered that Chara, absolute beaut. Uh, congratulations on a career to him, Keith Yandel, and of course PK Subban. All three of them are amazing ambassadors for the game of hockey. I wish. You know, I, I I hope all of the players to come, uh, you know, after them take notes on how they carried themselves on and off the ice in the locker room, and just try and establish, put some of that into your into your game. Because I mean, if if you're doing that, you're going to be turned out to be a phenomenal, you know, a great a great hockey player and a great human being. And um, yeah, I just uh, it's it. I'm I'm just happy that uh, happy. 
you know, actually, I know that this is the point. I, mean, I believe now with Chara retiring until he finally officially announces retirement, Joe Thornton, Jumbo Joe is the last player still not retired that played in the 1990s. Pretty crazy, eh? Right? Like, makes also, you feel I saw, I saw a hilarious stat that you'll enjoy too. I'm sure you saw this too. Now that Chara has retired, there isn't a single active player in the NHL that has lost a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wait, he is repeat that one more time. Yeah, let, let, let me break this down because this is an insane stat. Chara was the last active NHL player to have lost a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now that he's retired, there isn't a single guy signed to an NHL roster that has lost a series <laughs> on a Maple Leaf. Zidane Chara lost in... Oh, my God. That would have, well, that would have been 2004, the 03-04 season when Ottawa once again met up with Toronto in the first round and the Leafs beat them in seven games. He was the last active player to ever lose, right now, currently, a, a playoff series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's fantastic. Oh, I, I knew you'd that. enjoy that. Couldn't have, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm sure he's mm. laughing too. I'm sure he's laughing. Oh, too. I'm, I'm sure he is. So, uh, with that being said, Gur, thanks for uh, hopping on with me. Uh, hopefully, next time we get you up, we can get your boy Jason on with us, the dark guy on Twitter. Uh, you know, crazy yeah. Toronto Maple Leaf fan. It'd be nice to have some back and forth with him. Uh, me being a Sabres fan, him being a Toronto fan, diehard. Um, and then well, and you're both big Bills fans. Oh, well, we, so we there can be that. a bond there. We can there sure can that be a bond. Maybe we can get him as a part time co host for when Collie can't come on, like me, you, and him. Uh, when Collie can't be here, that'd be electric, right? Sure, yeah. Oh. And I always love shooting the breeze with my boy Jason, the dark guy, Maslico. He, uh, he's an interesting cat. He's so. he is an interesting cat, one of the best, one of the best guys, too. And we got to make sure we still got to get you your uh. I know. Yeah, I got to get that. It's so dumb that I can't send international e-transfers. I'll figure it out. I just download Stupid. PayPal, bud. Just download PayPal. And if you want to yeah. get your hands on one of these, obviously follow me at DwayneS39 on Twitter or on Instagram at uh, 39 underscore designs or at underscore 39 designs on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we'll hook you up. Um, uh, actually, anybody who listens to this video, if you send me a first one to send me a DM that listen to this all the way through all hour and 45 minutes of this, wherever it ends up being. God bless you. you up, I will hook you up uh, with a, a, a hash of goat uh, shirt. Um, courtesy of two goalies, one Mike. So with that being said, um, that's a hell of a deal folks, yeah, right? To listen um, to me rant for that long. Oh, yeah, you deserve awesome. it, was a great. it was great. I loved every second. I love the passion. So, this has been episode 106 of Two Goalies, One Mike, brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. Uh, why waste your? Why waste? Don't haste. Get over to Outlet Liquor. And um, again, been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely, um, man. Always, always, always great to jump on the show with you. I'm available anytime. 100%, bud. Uh, and with that being said, I'll hang up and listen. You guys have a great night, and uh, we'll see you next time. 
Hey everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we bring in coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.